0: Welcome to the Totally Transformed podcast. Thanks for joining us again today. This is Lance Borden, and I'm here with Dr. Connie Borden. We were just having a conversation next door. We office side by side, and, uh, and so we're going to continue the conversation in your hearing.
1: Yeah, I think that's probably a good idea in the sense that um, sometimes, you know, in this ministry or in the ministry of healing the brokenhearted and setting at liberty those that are bound. People have been hurt for so long, they've um, put up walls. Um, That's what Matthew 13 says, the seed of the word doesn't penetrate because they've put up walls of self-protection. I don't want to open up. I don't want to get too close. I want to bend my elbows at the knee. I mean, excuse me, (laughs) I bend my arms at the elbow to keep you uh at a distance because if you get too close to my underbelly and to my wounds and my strongholds uh you the lord through you might be able to set you free and uh so therefore there's a lot of resistance you know there's a lot of um I want to be free but I don't want to look at my woundedness and I don't want to be teachable you know, humility is the hallmark of Christianity. Um, Proverbs 14:6 says, "A scoffer is deceived to the very wisdom that he needs, but knowledge is easy to him, being teachable. Understands? It's hard to be teachable. It's hard to uh, let your egos go and your pride go, and to listen to each other. Um, but when someone comes to, for care, and they've been married." three or four times, and they've run into one trial after the other, usually I think the Lord's trying to reveal something that's maybe needs to be shook or something that's out of joint. And, um, you know, if you don't hear it from your key people in your family or your therapist that you have submitted your life to to help figure out what's wrong... Or your pastor or somebody that can say, okay, you know, why do I keep ending relationships and things in dismal failure as far as the world's concerned or my own heart?
0: You know, it reminds me of, uh, this conversation reminds me of the end of Psalm 139. David says in verse 23 and 24, search me, God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there is any offensive way in me. And lead me in the way everlasting. I was actually having a quiet time this morning uh, near a stream and in a wooded area that I like. And um, that prayer kind of came to the top for me, which, which is this. Lord, search me. Is there anything in me, anything in my heart that is not of you that you need to deal with? And, you know, I believe God answers that prayer uh every time as far as he loves i believe to be able to go down to the bottom of what might be in the way for us and since we are um dealing with life on a daily basis you know we may have we may have the entire bible memorized and know it frontwards and backwards and you know be a great evangelist, or some sort of uh, great business person, great father, great husband, but there's always something that the Lord wants to get at in our lives to make us ever more in his image and clear away the the rough places, right? right. You know, that's why he talks about sharpening and, you know, drawing closer to him. And, and so I would say, wouldn't you agree, based kind of on what we've been talking about, that one key element to arriving at total freedom or maybe remaining free. Yeah. And walking in freedom going forward is humility and a willingness to come before the Lord and say, God, deal with me at the deepest level. Yeah. You know, because it's just when it especially when it's just you and God, you know, there's nothing hidden there, right? Right. There's no facade. Right. There at least there shouldn't be. Right. I think sometimes we try to Try to put up a facade oh, yeah. when it's just me and me and God, or yeah. you and God, right? But he's not fool. You're not fooling anybody. You're definitely not fooling him, right? And so to come at him, come to him, with that kind of humility, I think gives him a lot to work with to bring you to that place of being in the image of him and and becoming ever more like him.
1: Well, I think that chapter that you uh, quoted from with David after he had. It isn't that we're not going to miss it. It isn't that we can't even be guilty of um, choosing heinous sin like he did. And we talked about this, I think, in a recent podcast of murder and adultery. It's whether there's a sensitivity to the Holy Spirit, like you just prayed. Like, Lord, don't lift your Holy Spirit from me because the bottom line is if you quit searching my heart holy spirit what 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 matter does it that um i think i've arrived or i have uh built a great kingdom or i like you said great father you can you know usually the people that are significant, and what I mean is that you're bearing 30, 60, 100 full fruit, you're changing lives, you're influencing people, you're walking in unity in your family, you're building people in quality and have a great relationship with the Lord, not a religion. The Lord's going to keep going after what are the little things, the little things. I mean, those kind of people usually usually aren't out committing what the society recognizes as sin, drug addiction and alcoholism and addiction to pornography and adultery, though that could be going on and other things that are the Ten Commandments. These kind of people usually um, have just been hurt and they've been around the mountain of maybe even being productive in the kingdom of God and they're saved. And uh they may be functioning in ministry, but there's some little things that aren't so little because like maybe they're um, stubborn or maybe they're um, can't let go and trust God. Maybe they're so busy that they don't spend time like you did by the stream. Uh, there's not time to be by the stream, practicing the presence of the Lord and letting him um, relate and pour into you. But the fact of the matter is if we don't examine our own hearts, if we don't lay them bare before Jesus and at the foot of the cross, then we're not doing what the word says because we're supposed to do that every time we take communion for sure. And you know, you should do that often because we want him to be clear about anything that needs to be shook. You know, shake anything that's shakable in the sense that might be deterring a full orb, deep relationship with him or an ability to use you um, and flow through you in in a clear anointing and and wisdom without you taking the glory for it or without you feeling rejected when people don't receive it. I mean, it can be rejecting when people don't receive truth mainly because uh, you might be rejected or not healed. But the other thing definitely it is, is grievous. If if it's not that it's not rejecting, it's just sad, you know, because Jesus wept over Jerusalem. He said, what I would have done if you would have received me. And he told his disciples to shake the dust off off their feet and move on if people won't receive them. So there's a certain point when you can't help people. You can't help them because it takes a brokenness. It takes a surrender to God's perfect will. It takes a humility and a teachability. And for those people, you just have to be clear that these are the roadblocks that I see and um, then turn them over to the Lord and move on right? and not take it personally. Or, you know, it's God's, you know, you can't take it on too heavily in the sense that, if you're dealing in the ministry that we're dealing in, um, you're going to be dealing with broken people all the time. It's really exciting when people receive the truth and they're healed and they're set free, you know, and you feel really thankful for being uh, having the privilege of being the conduit to deliver truth or deliver healing or um, gifting that helps them see the light. But there's getting more and more of a hardness of heart in the 21st century because we're kind of um, feeling like, you know, we have God's grace so we can do whatever we want and somebody will put up with it. Or we are on the other side where we um, feel really so terrible about what we've done that we can't let it go. And we're fearful and it affects who we feel like we are um, because who we are is accepted, loved, and received through Jesus Christ, no matter what we've done, if we'll be
0: repentant. In Matthew sixteen twenty six, Jesus said, What good will it be for someone to gain the whole world, yet forfeit their soul? Or what can anyone give in exchange for their soul? And I think the words, or I know, you know, what Jesus is saying there is that there's nothing that's worth not dealing with. With whatever stands in the way of right. a clear heart and a whole healed set free soul, right there's nothing right. because you can gain the whole world. you could have billions of dollars and children, houses, cars, popularity um, and position n- position and power, and none of it. Can be given in exchange or is worth as much, I would take that to mean, yeah. as your very, your own soul, you yeah. know, because your soul is eternal. Right. And all these things that I just mentioned are temporal and will burn up someday. And none of it is worth really anything on the other side of eternity other than, you know, what did you use your resources? What What did you do to use your resources to build the kingdom of God? Those right. are the things where resources turn into eternal right. value. Right. right? But there's just nothing, you know, just thinking about anything that might be standing in your way today, those of you that are listening to us, if there's anything that you've been hanging on to, that when you get alone with God and you say, Lord, what is it that you want to deal with in me? And there's that one thing or those two things or those three things. There is nothing that's not worth going after those things with god and he's so gracious and so kind and so loving as a father that he will so gently take you through those whatever is needed and you know we we are happy to stand with you and and provide any help we can to help you through that process but whatever that might look like for you whether that's reading saved but not free or downloading some of our resources or listening to someone else that you know uh, provides uh, freedom ministry and teaching in this area, counseling, uh, getting with a counselor. Even if you have to pay for counseling, it's, it's so worth it for someone who's close to God to be advising you and uh, is able to speak into your hurts and wounds and strongholds. Because again, nothing is worth losing your soul, even gaining the whole world.
1: I I just have one comment and then a question for you. Um, You know, we've named these three categories, but I think it's pretty generally uh, fits. Whether you're just surviving, you know, you're surviving, you're struggling, you're bound, you're addicted, you're caught, or you're just after success, meaning that if I can have bigger and better, then I'll feel good about myself. The bigger or better is okay, but is it? Being used to make you feel good about yourself, and potentially become an idol between you and the Lord, because He's the one that defines you. He's the one that makes you accepted and loved. Or are you significant? Meaning that you have, as Lance explained, you're daily walking with the Lord. You're in relationship. You're praying. You're asking Him for truth in the in your inward being. You're Humble, you can confess it if you offend somebody or if you feel like you're offensive to God. You want to keep that clear, pliable heart, and as a result, you have a perfect heart. But you're not perfect, but you have a perfect heart, meaning you're not holding offense and all wrought up with hardness because of what somebody's done to you, or you're not practicing sin without repentance. But so my question to you today that we're speaking to through this podcast is where do you fit? where do you fit? Do you think today? I think people have a pretty good idea as to whether they're really having central to their focus, the kingdom of God. Um, and then secondly, I'd ask you, Lance, what do you think is the evidence of someone who's not there? I mean, what is what is the evidence? I, I don't think it's a mystery. I I think that people can be walking in a seared conscience, maybe, where the Holy Spirit doesn't convict them anymore, or they can be so used to walking in patterns of coping mechanisms that they don't even recognize when they're not walking in the Spirit. But what do you what do you think are the symptoms or the signs?
0: You know, it's funny. When we started out today, I had a verse in mind that I'm actually working on memorizing. Um, it's in Proverbs 2, and I, I started at the beginning of Proverbs 2, probably a year or more ago, maybe not that long, but had have been, have been kind of working my way through it and got the first several verses down and and then have just been going back to it recently. And I'm on verse um, eight and nine. It says, "In Proverbs 2 basically talks about, my son, if you accept my words and store up my commands within you, turning your ear to wisdom and applying your heart to understanding, if you call out for in, insight and cry aloud for understanding, then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. And it just kind of goes through this litany of, look, if you really want this bad, you can have it. Right. But it requires this fervency mm-hmm. of calling out, crying out, seeking the Lord, asking for understanding, wisdom, and knowledge. Yeah. But in verses, verses 8 and 9, literally, that I was working on this morning, uh, not knowing that we'd necessarily be talking about this, it says, starting in verse 7, it says, He holds success in store for the upright. He is a shield to those whose walk is blameless, for he guards the course of the just and protects the way of his faithful ones. And to me, those are the signs of someone who has basically come into a place of a perfect heart like you're describing. Are you, do you feel like you're having success from the hand of the Lord? You know, in other words, you're not striving for success. You're not working 80 hours for success. Right. You're you're walking in a peaceful pace, and yet enjoying success from the Lord.
1: Yeah, wealth without sorrow. End wealth without Bible sorrow, tar- and not about.
0: necessarily just in money. But yeah. I mean, is there harmony in your home? Yeah, is there harmony in your marriage? Yeah, are your financial or your business endeavors blessed? Are mm-hmm. they re- Are they bringing back a return? Are you reaping where you sowed? Right. That kind of thing. Right. Um, are you protected? He is a shield to those whose walk is blameless. Yeah. You know, are you are you continually coming up against injury and sickness and pain without remedy, you know, over and over again? Uh, or are you enjoying gener- general health? I'm not talking about like, you know, you might get a cold or a sniffle or right. deal with the flu or something. I'm talking about are you generally walking in in health and wholeness uh, in your body? And then um, are you just enjoying... Th- The joy of God guarding your path, protecting your way, you know? There's a general sense of peace that you know. Uh, Another verse says in Proverbs, man makes plans, but God directs his steps. Do you feel like that's happening for you? Mm -hmm. And if not, that's not condemning. That's not, not assigning shame. If you're not, it's just a litmus test for are you walking in the ways that God has for you, or is there something maybe he's trying to get at by allowing some of these negatives or tragedies or trials to happen, and he's trying to get you to recognize that you're somehow out from underneath the umbrella of his protection, and he wants you to come back underneath where his grace abounds.
1: Or or, are you choosing to go directly against his word knowingly? And you're out from underneath the umbrella, and you're allowing Satan to come in, who's causing tragedy and sickness because he goes around like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. He's come to kill, steal, and destroy your life. And if you are really, your heart's really toward the Lord, then there will be no trial or tribulation that God will not use for your good because all things work together for good. That's right. To them that love God and are called according to his purpose. So that's sometimes how I know because when I see people and they they go through a lot of trial and tribulation, is it pressing them toward the Lord and toward their significant people that they need to be in unity with or are they always looking for the grass to be greener on the other side and are they always... um, not able to come to a point of, okay, at least like you said when we started this podcast, Lord, examine me. Is this trial for something that you're trying to shake to get at? Or is this just a trial to teach me what a trial will always teach for sure, which is how to be an overcomer? If you can't, uh, if you don't have anything to overcome, you can't be an overcomer. So the Lord's trying to to make us stronger and better and bigger and more anointed and for him to increase while we decrease. And so that's a hard one, though, sometimes, because sometimes, particularly in the USA, people look at success as blessing of God, and it can be. Definitely, if your priorities are straight and you're tithing and you're giving and your finances are his and you get that, he's going to bless that, you know. Um, But sometimes people get caught up with that and think, oh, that must mean I'm successful or I'm least successful compared to that other person over there. And then they get discouraged. Well, first of all, you're not supposed to compare yourself with other people. He who compares himself among themselves and with themselves is unwise is what Corinthians says. Jesus is the only standard. But the point is, do you know that whatever you're experiencing today, whether it looks good or bad to other people, that God is with you, God is for you, God accepts you, he loves you, he's going to see you through whatever you're in, and he's going to make you better for it, and the ultimate better is heaven. Ultimate better is heaven for eternity. Um, I... I one of the thing is a sign for me when people come in and they say, um, I've, I've memorized a lot of scripture. I've done that all my life. I, I you know, I'm in the word a lot and you know, that's kind of flies in my face because we're teaching the five hours to victory to our thought life that you, uh, recognize when Satan's speaking to you, you rebuke him in Jesus name. You resist a spirit that's negative, like depression, anxiety. You recite God's word to answer Satan with truth, and you rejoice. But there's this kind of blindness, like, we've done all that. We, we do all that. But what I'm recognizing is that it's about the heart. The heart is unaffected, according to Matthew 13, because the word can lay on rocky soil. Satan can come and snatch it away before it bears any fruit. It's out about your heart. Out of the heart comes the issues of life man looks on the outward appearance, God looks on the heart. So it's not necessarily about what you do or what you have, although that can be a sign, you know, um, it says in the Old Testament, I believe it's in Deuteronomy, that blessings will follow those that are obedient and cursings will follow those that that don't. We're supposed to be of the tribe of the redeemed that were blessed, you know, and that doesn't mean you necessarily you're super wealthy. It doesn't mean you're super poor. You're just blessed and your needs are being met. Um, but I don't know. It, there's just like this hardness encased. And I think because this is what we do in our ministry, that Satan's having a heyday with wounded hearts and souls, broken hearts and wounded souls. And he's coming in with all these offers for people to placate that counterfeit offers, not godly offers that become idols and deterrents and creates hardness of heart so that you're no longer walking in and through him.
0: My wife and I were talking about um, blessing over the weekend and what is a characteristic of the blessing of the Lord and how it uh, it basically pursues you and yeah. overtakes you when yeah. something is from the Lord. Right. Deuteronomy 28, as we reviewed it, says this, Now it shall come to pass, if you diligently obey the voice of the Lord your God to observe carefully all his commandments which I command you today, that the Lord your God will set you high above all nations of the earth, and all these blessings shall come upon you and overtake you, because you obey the voice of the Lord your God. Blessed shall you be in this city, and blessed shall you be in the country. Blessed shall be the fruit of your body, the produce of your ground and the increase of your herds the increase of your cattle and the offspring of your flocks blessed shall be your basket and your kneading bowl blessed shall you be when you come in and blessed shall you be when you go out the lord will cause your enemies who rise against you to be who rise against you to be defeated before your face mm. they shall come out against you one way and flee before you seven ways mm. The Lord will command the blessing on you in your storehouses and in all to which you set your hand, and he will bless you in the land which the Lord your God is giving you. And will you
1: reread the condition in the first couple of verses again? So
0: verse two says, well, one, now it shall come to pass if you diligently obey the voice of the Lord your God to observe carefully all his commandments which I command you today, that the Lord your God will set you high above all nations of the earth, and all these blessings shall come upon you and overtake you because you obey the voice of the Lord your God. And doesn't
1: that denote that we have a choice to hear him, to make time to hear him. You got to be quiet before him at some point. You hopefully on a daily basis, you got to hear him and you've got a desire to hear him and he'll make it clear what he wants you to do. I don't think it's rocket science as to what's wrong and what might be out of joint unless you're not making time for that or potentially, again, the heart is not able to receive the truth so that change can occur, right?
0: Right. Okay. So what I think I'd like to offer everyone listening today is just a prayer of agreement that... God will reveal to them anything that is standing in the way of total freedom and healing. Amen. Um, And that will probably be something unique or different for everybody. Yeah. Right? But God knows, and you probably know. Yeah. And if you don't, we can pray for a revelation of what might be standing in the way if you're not experiencing the kind of blessing that we were just reading in Deuteronomy 28. Yeah. Right? Right.
1: And they might have to get, they might have to remove all the din. And all the noise, you know, they might have to really get in their prayer closet or a quiet place because, you know, the Bible says it's a still small voice, but it does say my sheep hear my voice. Right, right.
0: right. Well, Lord, we just come before you today in agreement with uh, everyone that's listening to the sound of our voices today. And Lord, we just ask that you would come in and go to the deepest parts of our hearts right now. Yes, Lord. Lord, reveal the areas Thank that you, you want to deal with, yes, not the areas that we might think we have an area, have a, have a problem with, or the areas that someone else has told us we have a problem with, though though those may be the areas, Yeah. but we want to hear from you clearly how you want to deal with us and what you want us to face. So Lord, I just ask that you would come in right now, bring clarity. Yes. Lord, I pray for pride to be defeated. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, I pray for wisdom to come in. Yes. I pray for understanding and knowledge. I pray even for just a revelation, God, of what you want to do, like where people can go, yes, for help. Yes. Lord, I pray that you reveal to each individual, where the best next step is for them to go to deal with what you're revealing to them even now.
1: Yes, Lord. In
0: Jesus', In Jesus mighty Jesus name. name. Thank you, Father Thank God. Thank
1: you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord, where two or three agree on touching anything according to your will. You hear us, and we have the petitions that we desire of you. What, what a promise. What a God. What an ability to know that we look at, to the hills or to you, from whence cometh our help. And you have the ability to pick us up out of the miry clay, set our feet on you, the rock. So Lord, I just agree with that prayer. And I thank you for what you're doing right now in the hearts of the listeners today. Amen.
0: Amen. Thank you for joining us today. Uh, this has been the Totally Transformed podcast with Dr. Connie Borden and Lance Borden. Don't forget, March 9th is Freedom Friday. You can find out more about that event at totallytransformed.org events or go to our Eventbrite page, which is totallytransformed.eventbrite.com. Thank you so much. Have a great day or night.